0: Greetings friends, welcome back to the broadcast, I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com, that's where you go to find the archives and that's where you go to support this mission of truth. Well today we are resuming our study in the book of Esther as as we memorialize the Feast of Purim this week and uh, we're going to attempt to finish uh, the book of Esther out of the King James Bible today. And then, uh, Lord willing, we'll do it out of the Septuagint uh, before the week is up as well. And I think that's going to be a blessing uh, to all of you. Uh, Let's remember how uh, yesterday's study ended. So Esther has been made known of Haman's wicked plot to have all the Jews destroyed. And she... Her first response is, you you know, you can't go to the king um, unannounced. You know, you'll be put to death. And uh, let's just read that last little bit here to remember. Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther, Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall there enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Then Then Esther bade them return Mordecai this answer. Go, gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan. And fast ye for me, and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise. And so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther had commanded him. And that is where we ended yesterday incredible faith incredible boldness and strength and courage being demonstrated here Uh, beyond what I think we're able to comprehend because Esther had a lot to lose right it isn't just risky she's she's also risking having everything she could ever hope for in this life. She's putting that and her own life on the line for the sake of what's right and for the sake of God's people. With that backdrop, let's begin, starting with chapter five. Open up your hearts and let's see what the word of God has to say for us this morning. Now it came to pass on the third day that Esther put on her royal apparel and stood in the inner court of the king's house over against the king's house, and the king sat upon his royal throne in his royal house over against the gate of the house. And it was so when the king saw Esther the queen standing in the court that she obtained favor in his sight, and the king held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. So Esther drew near and touched the top of the scepter. Then said the king unto her, What wilt thou queen, Esther? And what is thy request? It shall be given thee to half the kingdom. And Esther answered, If it seem good unto the king, let the king and Haman come this day unto the banquet that I have prepared for him. Then the king said, Cause Haman to make haste, that he may do as Esther hath said. So the king and Haman came to the banquet that Esther had prepared. And the king said unto Esther, At the banquet of wine, what is thy petition? And it shall be granted thee, and what is thy request? Even to half the kingdom it shall be performed. And then Esther answered Esther and said, My petition and my request is if I have found favor in the sight of the king, and if it pleased the king to grant my petition and to perform my request, Let the king and Haman come to the banquet, that I shall prepare for them, and I will do tomorrow as the king hath said. Then went Haman forth that day joyful, with a glad heart. But when Haman saw Mordecai in the king's gate, that he stood not up, nor moved for him, he was full of indignation against Mordecai. Nevertheless, Haman refrained himself, and when he came home, he sent and called for his friends, and Zeresh his wife. And Haman told them of the glory of his riches, and the multitude of the children, and all the things wherein the king had promoted him, and how he had advanced him above the princes and servants of the king. And Haman said, Moreover, yea, Esther the queen did let no man come in with the king unto the banquet that she had prepared but myself, and to-morrow I am invited unto her also with the king. Yet all this availeth me nothing so long as I have, as long as I see Mordecai the Jew sitting at the king's gate. Then said Zeresh his wife, all his friends unto him, Let a gallows be made of fifty cubits high. And tomorrow speak thou unto the king, that Mordecai may be hanged thereon. Then go thy in merrily with the king unto his banquet. And the thing pleased Haman, and he caused the gallows to be made. So please note, for whatever reason, Esther was led, I believe, by God to hold off one more day. So she obtains favor. Uh, She has the banquet, but she doesn't tell him the issue. She instead puts it off another day and says, can we do this again tomorrow? Now, Haman, being the only man that was invited other than the king, thinks that he's just in high standing. He's on top of the world. He's been promoted. He's got all the wealth. He's got all the power. Uh, He's in the king's favor. He thinks he's in the queen's favor, but he hates that Mordecai a Jew that refuses to bow down to him and act like he's lord. So his friends convince him it's time to build a gallows to have Haman hanged. Chapter 6 On that night could not the king sleep, and he commanded to bring the books of records of the chronicles, and they were read before the king. And it was found written that Mordecai had told of the of Bigthana and Teresh, two of the king's chamberlains, the keepers of the door, who sought to lay a hand on King Ahasuerus. The king said, What honor and dignity hath been done to Mordecai for this? Then said the king's servant that ministered unto him, There is nothing done for him. So please note, it's, it's very possible that when Mordecai thwarted that plan, that those two people had to kill the king—that the king didn't even know. Um, it's very likely that it was just handled by, by the guard, and uh, you know there was probably no need to disturb the king about it or to give him all the information. So he probably, but up, up it to this point, he probably had no idea that Mordecai had been the one who sounded the alarm. But now he can't sleep again think of this from the perspective that although God is not mentioned by name in the book of Esther, obviously as providence is, Esther gets favor with the king, you know uh, the, Esther puts it off a night uh, telling the king what the issue is, which gives Haman more time to prepare his own ditch that he's going to find himself in then the king can't sleep for whatever mysterious reason and then the book is read the book of the kings where the records are And it's told him how Mordecai saved his life. And so now he's asking, what has been done for this man who has saved the life of the king? Verse 4, And the king said, Who is in the court? Now Haman was come unto the outward court of the king's house. So speak unto the king to hang Mordecai on the gallows that he had prepared for him. So, while this is being read to the king about how Mordecai had saved the king's life, Haman's in the court, giddy, can't wait to tell the king how he's got a and he wants to hang Mordecai on. This is a beautiful, beautiful picture here. And the king's servants said unto him, Behold, Haman standeth in the court. And the king said, Let him come in. So Haman came in, and the king said unto him, What shall be done unto the man whom the king delighteth to honor? Now Haman thought in his heart... To whom would the king delight to honor more than myself? Haman, please note, Haman's pride is off the charts. Off the charts. Verse 7, And Haman answered the king, For the man whom the king delighteth to honor, let the royal apparel be brought, which the king uses to wear, and the horse that the king rideth upon, and the crown royal which is set upon his head. And let this apparel and horse be delivered to the hand of one of the king's most noble princes, that they may array the man with all whom the king delighteth to honor, and bring him on horseback through the street of the city, and proclaim before him, Thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delighteth to honor. Then the king said to Haman, Make haste, take the apparel and the horse that thou hast said, and do even so to Mordecai the Jew that sitteth at the king's gate. Let nothing fail of all that thou hast spoken. So please note something else that we should recognize here. Obviously, when the king signed a decree that all the Jews could be destroyed, he didn't understand that it was all the Jews. Because right now he's like, hey, go put, yeah, go put Mordecai the Jew on a horse and the king's apparel and parade him around the city to honor him. The king was clearly deceived in this decision. Verse 11, then took Haman the apparel and the horse and arrayed Mordecai and brought him on horseback through the street of the city and proclaimed before him, thus shall it be done unto the man whom the king delighteth honor. And Mordecai came again to the king's gate, but Haman hastened to his house mourning and having his head covered. And Haman told Zeresh, his wife, and all of his friends, everything that had befallen him. Then said his wise men, and Zeresh his wife unto him, If Mordecai be of the seed of the Jews, before whom thou hast begun to fall, thou shalt not prevail against him, but shalt surely fall before him. And while they were yet talking with him, came the king's chamberlains, and hasted to bring Haman unto the banquet that Esther had prepared. Please note, even... Haman's friends and wife didn't know that Mordecai was a Jew until now. And when they hear that, they must have noticed, they must have seen that these Jews, these people of God, are receiving favor in everything that they do. Because when they find that out, they're like, there ain't nothing you can do. If, if this man is a Jew, um, everything you try to do is going to, to fail. Let's look, look at that again. Then said the wise men and Zareth his wife unto him, If Mordecai be of the seed of the Jews, before whom thou hast begun to fall, thou shalt not prevail against him, but thou shalt surely fall before him. Very interesting. Let's get to the banquet, chapter 7. So the king and Haman came to the banquet with Esther the queen. And the king said again unto Esther unto the second day at the banquet of wine, What is thy petition, Queen Esther? And it shall be granted to thee. And what is thy request? And it shall be performed even to half the kingdom. Then Esther the queen answered and said, If I have found favor in thy sight, O king, and if it please the king, let my life be given me at my petition and my people at my request. For we are sold, I am my people, to be destroyed, to be slain, and to perish. But if we had been sold for bondmen and bondwomen, I had held my tongue, although the enemy could not countervail the king's damage. Then the king Ahasuerus answered and said unto Esther the queen, Who is he, and where is he, that durst presume in his heart to do so? And Esther said, The adversary and the enemy is the wicked Haman. Then Haman was afraid before the king and the queen. The king, arising from the banquet of wine and his wrath, went into the palace garden. And Haman stood up to make request for his life to Esther the queen, for he saw that there was evil determined against him by the king. And then the king returned out of the palace garden into the place of the banquet of wine. And Haman was fallen upon the bed wherein Esther was. Then said the king, Will he force the queen also before me in the house? As the word went out of the king's mouth, they covered Haman's face. And Harbonah, one of the chamberlains, said before the king, Behold, also the gallows fifty cubits high, which Haman had made for Mordecai, who had spoken good for the king, standeth in the house of Haman. Then the king said, Hang him Thereon, so they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then was the king's wrath pacified. So please note, very quick. Think in forty-eight hours, Haman went from you know his head up high, he's all joyful. Oh, I got invited to the queen's banquet. I'm so special. I'm going to build this gallow I'm going to hang that Jew that I can't stand. To, he's groveling before Esther's feet. And then, it, you know, it's probably on some, like the, this, the beds, but like, not like a bed, like you think of, uh, it necessarily like, like what you go to sleep in, but the couches were like in that manner. And the King, who's already livid at, uh, by what Esther has informed him of, comes back in and it it appears in his sight like Haman's trying to uh, force Esther into some type of intimacy and he just loses it. And Haman ends up hanging on the very gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. The scriptures speak often, especially in the Proverbs and in the Psalms, That the wicked will fall into their own pit. That they'll be ensnared by their own traps. This is a beautiful picture of that. All seems hopeless. The decree has went forth. Everyone's going to be destroyed and it's flipped on its head. May we see this in our day. May we see the wicked who have done all these terrible things, unthinkable, imaginable things to the entire earth, to all people groups across the whole earth. May they fall into their own snares and hang on their own gallows. Let's finish this story. Chapter 8 On that day did King Ahasuerus give the house of Haman, the Jews' enemy, unto Esther the queen. And Mordecai came before the king, for Esther had told what what he was unto her. And the king took off his ring, which he had taken from Haman, and gave it to Mordecai. And Esther set Mordecai over the house of Haman. And Esther spake yet again before the king, and fell down at his feet, and besought him with tears to put away the mischief of Haman, the agite, and his devices that he had devised against the Jews." Then the king held out the golden scepter toward Esther, so Esther arose and stood before the king. So please note, she must have appeared to him again. Uh, But the issue is, yes, Haman's dead, but this law that cannot be revoked, it's still going forth. So we still have a problem. Verse 5, and said, if it pleased the king, and if I have found favor in his sight, and if, and if this thing seems right before the king, and I be pleasing in his eye, let it be written to reverse the letters devised by Haman, the son of the Hamadatha the Agite, which he wrote to destroy the Jews which are in all the king's provinces. For how can I endure to see the evil that shall come upon my people? Or how can I endure to see the destruction of my kindred? Then king Ahasuerus said unto Esther the queen, and to Mordecai the Jew, Behold, I have given Esther the house of Haman, and him have they hung upon the gallows, because he laid his hand upon the Jews. Write ye also for the Jews, that it liketh you, in the king's name, and seal it with the king's ring. For the writing which is written in the king's name, and sealed with the king's ring, may no man reverse. Then were the king's scribes called at that time, in the third month, that is the month Sivan on the three-and-twentieth day thereof. And it was written according to all that Mordecai commanded, unto the Jews, and to the lieutenants, and to the deputies, and to the rulers of the provinces which are from India unto Ethiopia, and a hundred and twenty-seven provinces, unto every province according to the writing thereof, and to every people after their language, and to the Jews according to their writing and according to their language. And he wrote in the king's Ahasuerus name and sealed it with the king's ring and sent letters by post on horseback and riders and mules and camels and young dromedaries. Wherein the king granted the Jews, which were in every city, to gather themselves together and to stand for their life, to destroy, to slay, to cause, to perish, all the power of the people and provinces that would assault them, both little ones and women, and to take the spoil of them for prey. So please note can't reverse the decree that already went forth, so we're sending forth a new one that gives the Jews full permission to defend themselves any means necessary, and as a result, they can even take the spoils of those that they defend themselves against. So the thought is that they won't dare to be an attack on them because there'll be no penalty if they fight back. Verse 12. Upon the day in all the provinces of King Ahasuerus, namely upon the thirteenth day of the twelfth month, which is the month Adar, the copy of the writing, for a commandment to be given in every province was published unto all people, that the Jews should be ready against the day to avenge themselves on their enemies. So the posts that rode upon mules and camels went out, being hastened and pressed on by the king's commandment, and a decree was given at Shushan at the palace. And Mordecai went out from the presence of the king in royal apparel of blue and white, and with a great crown of gold, and with a garment of fine linen and purple, and the city of Shushan rejoiced and was glad. The Jews had light and gladness and joy and honor. In every province, and every city, whithersoever the king's commandment and his decree came, the Jews had joy and gladness, a feast and a good day. And many of the people of the land became Jews. For the fear the Jews fell upon them. Something else that's interesting to note that I think is just a general truth throughout history. Oftentimes, severe threat or persecution to God's people creates revival and a strengthening of God's people. What do we have here? We have a bunch of people converting. They see the blessing that's upon the Jews. They see the, uh, the the strong reason to fear them. And they want to be a part of that. We've seen that throughout church history. Persecution happens, but then, then the gospel spreads like wildfire. Don't be surprised... If you see something similar begin to happen in our day, the whole world has come against God, has come against God's people. They're hostile towards us. They're constantly plotting on how to rid rid us. It's only going to cause it to spread all the more. We're almost done. Chapter 9. Now, in the twentieth month, that is the month of Adar, and the thirteenth day of the same, when the king's commandment and his decrees drew near to be put in execution in the day that the enemies of the Jews hoped to have power over them, though it was turned to the contrary that the Jews had rule over them that hated them. The Jews gathered themselves together in their city throughout all the province of the king Ahasuerus to lay hand on such as sought their hurt, and no man could withstand them, for the fear of them fell upon all people. And all the rulers and provinces and lieutenants and deputies and officers and kings helped the Jews because the fear of Mordecai fell upon them. For Mordecai was great in the king's house, and his fame went out throughout all the provinces. For this man Mordecai waxed greater and greater. Thus the Jews smote all their enemies with a stroke of a sword and slaughter and destruction, and did what they would unto those that hated them. And in Shushan the palace the Jews slew and destroyed five hundred men, and in Parshadatha and Dolphin, and Asta and Porhatha and Adelia, and Ardatha, and Parmasha, and Arsia, and Ardia, and Banjezatha. The ten sons of Haman, the sons of Madatha, the enemy of the Jews slew they, but on the spoils laid they not their hand. On that day, the number of those that were slain in Shushan, the palace, was brought before the king. And the king said unto Esther the queen, The Jews have slain and destroyed five hundred men in Shushan, the palace, and ten sons of Haman. What have they done in the rest of the king's provinces? Now what is thy petition? And it shall be granted thee. Or what is thy request further? And it shall be done. Then Esther said, If it please the king. Let it be granted to the Jews which were in Shushan to do tomorrow also according unto this day's decree, and let Haman's ten sons be hanged upon the gallows. And the king commanded it, so to be done. And a decree was given at Shushan, and they hanged Haman's ten sons. For the Jews that were in Shushan gathered themselves together on the fourteenth day of the month of Adar, and slew three hundred men at Shushan. But on the prey they laid not their hand. But the other Jews that were in the king's provinces gathered themselves together and stood for their lives and had rest from their enemies and slew of their foes 70 and 5,000 but they laid not their hand on the prey please note it wasn't like it wasn't like all the problem went away they had to stand for themselves they were given the authority to do so but do so but they actually had to do it On the thirteenth day of the month Adar and the fourteenth day of the same rested day, and they made a day of fasting, of feasting, and gladness. But the Jews that were in Shushan assembled together on the thirteenth day thereof the and on the fourteenth thereof, and on the fifteenth day the same they rested and made glad made it a day of feasting and gladness. Therefore the Jews of the villages that dwelt in the unwalled towns made the fourteenth day of the month of Adar a day of gladness and feasting and a good day of sending portions one to another. And Mordecai wrote these things and sent letters unto all the Jews that were in the provinces of the king Ahasuerus, both nigh and far, to establish this among them, that they should keep the fourteenth day of the month, Adar, in the fifteenth day of the same yearly. As the days wherein the Jews rested from their enemies, and the month which was turned unto them from sorrow to joy, and from mourning into into a good day, and they should make them days of feasting and joy, and sending portions to one another, and gifts to the poor. So please note, this is where the feast of Purim comes from. It became a yearly tradition when Purim was instituted by Mordecai to celebrate this victory with feasting and being glad and sending portions of food to one another. Verse 23, And the Jews undertook to do so as they had begun and as Mordecai had written unto them, because Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the Agite, the enemy of the Jews, was had devised against the Jews to destroy them. And it cast pure, that is, the lot, to consume them, to destroy them. Again, that's where the word pure or purim comes from. It's because Haman cast lots uh, to kind of determine when he's going to have the Jews destroyed. But when Esther came before the king, he commanded by letters that this wicked device, which he devised against the Jews, should return upon his own head, and that his son should be hanged on the gallows. Wherefore they called these days Purim, after the name of Pur. Therefore all the words of this letter, and of that which they have seen concerning this matter, and which had come unto them, the Jews ordained, and took upon them, and upon their seed, and upon all such as joined themselves unto them, so as it should not fail, that they would keep those two days according to their writing, and according to their appointed time, every year. And that these days should be remembered kept throughout every generation, every family every province, every city that these days Purim should not fail from among the Jews nor a memorial of them perish from their seed please note the feast of Purim is instituted here and it said keep it to all generations forever in every province and in every city. Why has these things been so lost on the church? I think it's because they look at it and they go, oh, it's for the Jews, not understanding that all who believe in Messiah have been grafted into Israel. Does this story not speak to the follower of Christ? Does it not speak to us in our day with the things that we are up against as a people of God? Does this story not give comfort and strength to the heart and soul of a godly man and woman? This is why we do the things we do on this podcast. I know it's unorthodox. I know it's not a tradition that's held by Christian churches. But this is why I do it, because I believe it matters, and I believe it speaks to us today. And are we the people of God or not? Last couple of verses here. Then Esther, queen, daughter of Abihel, and Mordecai the Jew, wrote with all authority to confirm that this second letter of Purim. And he sent letters unto all the Jews into a hundred and twenty and seven provinces in the kingdom of Ahasuerus with words of peace and truth. To confirm these days of Purim and their time appointed according to Mordecai the Jew. And Esther, queen, had enjoined them. And they decreed for themselves and their seed the matters of fasting and their cry. And the decree of Esther confirmed these matters of Purim. And it was written in the book. And King Ahasuerah laid a tribute upon the land and upon the isles of the sea. And all the act of his power and of his might... And the declaration of the greatness of Mordecai, whereunto the king advanced him, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Media and Persia? For Mordecai the Jew was next unto king Osiris, and great the Jews, and accepted the multitude of his brethren, seeking the wealth of his people, and speaking peace unto all his seed. well there you go my friends that is our study in the book of Esther and our first half of our Purim readings and celebration I pray you've been blessed thank you for your prayers those of you who pray for the podcast thank you for your support those of you who financially support the podcast couldn't do it without you and it's much appreciated Peace and grace be with all of you, and until next time, God bless.